0: With me, I'm Bill Arnold, and today I've got Todd Mulliken in studio for the whole hour. Looking forward to that. He's a counselor and professor. You can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. And today we're going to chat a little bit about anger and a biblical approach to it. It's a very interesting, challenging emotion, and I think there's more people than ever right now, given the state of the world and some of the frustration involved are feeling some of these emotions. And uh, Todd, I'm so glad to have you here to discuss this with me today. Welcome. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Yeah. So when you look at simple things like uh, rising prices and uh, everything else that's going on in the world, war and everything else we see on the news, uh, our, our emotions rise, right? Yeah, they do. And at the top of those emotions can be frustration or, or anger, and those need to be dealt with in a godly way.
1: Yeah, so well said. Yeah,
0: thanks. Absolutely. Thanks. So when we think of words, for example, words can can fuel or diffuse anger. What we say, you know, that old great Proverbs, uh, I think it's fifteen one that a soft, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs, stirs up, up trouble. Yeah. Anger. anger. Mm-hmm. Yep. So our words itself has the power to uh, fuel or diffuse the situation.
1: Yeah, and some of us are... Natural external processors. Say more about that. So people, you know, some of us are, as we're thinking things, we're speaking it out mm-hmm. you know, to yeah. our to our people, and and that's there's some wonderful things about that because they are not they don't mind like let's just talk about stuff and get things out. But you know, Ephesians four twenty six says, "In your anger, do not sin." Mm-hmm. And I find for those of us like myself that our external processors are the way I sin in my anger is really kind of the words I use mm. outwardly. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so th- there needs to be just a slowing down of that, and slow the slow the process down so we are kind of thinking before we speak. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's other people though, Bill, that are more internal processors. And their anger tends to go inward, so we don't see it outwardly with their words, if you will, but we see it inwardly with the resentment they build or the walls they build Mm -hmm. or the avoidance they build that leads to other issues for them. Mm -hmm. So when you're in
0: your office doing couples counseling, does anger come into the office regularly?
1: Absolutely. Okay. It's a big one. Yep. Because there's unresolved hurt. And uh, people develop a, a hurt mindset, which involves holding against things against mm-hmm. their spouse, um, not trusting intentions. So they're unintentionally keeping the anger just right there. How do we get released from this hurt? Well, it you know, I talk in the opposite mode of a forgiveness mindset, which includes sharing the hurt that we felt, but sharing it from a, a place of uh, honesty that is interactive. So it doesn't mean when we're angry, what we do just do is we're just not angry anymore and we're all set. You know, mm-hmm. we need to work it through, but in a very biblical way where we're walking alongside our spouse and saying like, here's what I'm frustrated by. Where are you at with that? And sometimes that goes well, sometimes it doesn't. But then since I've shared my hurt, I'll create a boundary, but I am going to forgive the person for what just happened And release them from that so that I don't build resentment against. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think happens to a lot of us, Bill, is that when we don't see change in that person that thinks differently than us, uh, biblically, politically, relationally, whatever, we, we tend to hold against. And what I think I forget about is when I'm doing it, I'm really just letting anger sit in there. And it's just ready to kind of pop out anywhere, so I'm not going so getting back to your initial point, I'm not really diffusing the anger that's within me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of ready for another fire to come just quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of folks are in that moment right now where it just doesn't take much to shut them down in anger or to light them out with
0: mm-hmm. anger. Do you remember the last time, Todd, you had an experience with anger? I mean, maybe it was earlier today.
1: Sure. Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember what, when it was? When, yep. when was it? Yeah. Uh, I would say for me, you know, the, <laughs> coming to work this morning, I... <laughs> I had, <laughs> are, it didn't take long. But no, I had men's yeah. group at seven, and I, I'm just really busy. Like a busy. Bible study men's group yeah, or something? Yeah, so I may as well get angry at the Bible study men's group. Right? Nice, so, nice. Yeah, we're, we're studying Amos. Okay. And it was the 400th study in a row where Amos is just upset because the Lord's upset with the people. Mm-hmm. And I found myself getting angry that Amos was just doing what God told him to do. So I was going, why am I angry about that? <laughs> well, maybe that's about me, right? So I, I at least recognized and didn't bring it into my first session, praise God. Yeah, no kidding. So, but like I, yeah, I walked in with a little bit of a limp emotionally, mm. you know, like I'm just not, not firing all cylinders. And it came out when I was reading the word. So I'm glad I was able to at least be in the word with some of my buddies and recognize that. Mm-hmm. But would you say you have anger flare-ups w- weekly? Mm. You know, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I, think, I mean, ah, this is going. Oh my gosh! I mean, I have I have plenty of issues. We can talk about them for five hours if you want. Yeah, I don't know. Typically, for me, I am I, I am more like, uh, hey, you know, I got. I You're got, slow and steady, aren't you? Well, yeah, and I got like a big. Log in my eye, man. I mean, okay. i got plenty of material. <laughs> so for me, so but I'm I'm speaking that every day too. You know? okay. So I'm speaking, I'm, that's what I'm swimming in is like, boy, anger is so destructive. So I see it. So I'm grateful to be able to see the pain that we all go through and mm-hmm. it probably helps me kind of uh, regulate that a little I bit. I would imagine it would
0: when you sort of live in that arena and you yeah. you feel it and hear it and see it and experience it every day. You yeah. see the reality of it and you think, oh, I don't want to do that. No. How about you? Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, daily I feel a brush of with anger that is, uh, I try to process as fast as I can, yeah, not hang on to it for too long. But, you know, you get, you feel a little spiked. And I think sometimes it, it depends on my quality of quiet time in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think if I start well in the morning and I feel like I've been... Uh, Communicating in a in a great way in prayer in the morning. I think I have better days, you know. Yeah. If uh, Lord, I have a busy day today. Please bless all my activities and everything else. And I'm off to the races. I, you know, I think
1: sometimes I I have less success. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you're just feeling more regulated after you do that? Um, after you've had a really solid quiet time, like boy, I just thank I f- you, Lord, for I that. I feel like... a little better equipped. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But there's pl- there's plenty
0: of things that you see, maybe even you just watch 20 minutes of the news when you're getting ready and you go, oh, wait wait, wait a minute, this is not right. And all of a sudden I feel my blood pressure going up and
1: maybe I got to be careful what I take in in the morning as well. Yeah. And I think as believers, it's easy for us to bear burdens. You know, we take things on that we see because Especially, I think a lot of people that battle anger, Bill, these days also have a strong justice gene in them, right? They just want justice in the world, and there's injustice everywhere we go, and I think they're carrying that with them. And uh, so how do they get to use the strength of justice and know that God is in control of that, and how do I pursue justice in my own life without using anger as a uh, something that stirs up, right, versus diffuses, Mm-hmm. So that's a really good word from, you know, about how to diffuse anger, not dismiss it, not to ignore it, yeah, but to, as you know, as we've talked about how to regulate that. So it doesn't mean anger doesn't happen. It's just, are we through the Lord's help and the Holy Spirit's comfort, are we regulating it or is it regulating our day? Mm-hmm. And anger, Todd, can be the uh, autobahn to sin, can it? Yes, a little reference error to the German autobahn, where you can drive as fast as you want. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's kind of what I mentioned earlier about. For so for me, as more of an internal, uh, you know, I externally process, but then I internally go in under stress. I have to make sure that when I'm internally stressful, how am I dealing with that anger? Am I sinning in it, or am I releasing it? Mm-hmm. And, So, and for those external processors, how are they doing realizing like, I'm about ready to say something here that's going to be interrogative and not helpful. How am I slowing that down and regulating that? And that, that's kind of speaks to what you found on your quiet time. It gives you that, you know, that comfort from the Lord to know like, I get to manage this a little bit better. And it's a game changer in the homes, Bill. Mm -hmm. When the people that have unresolved anger start to release that, it just makes the home a a gentler place overall. So I think it's a big deal that we're talking about it. I agree. Todd Mulliken is my guest.
0: and We're discussing anger today, and we're going to talk about what the Bible says about it. If you have a question or something you'd like to uh, ask Todd, you can do that. You can send a text over to 877-933-2484, 877-933-2484. Todd's uh, one of my favorite guests because he always brings me one of those expensive store-bought lattes. And I'm enjoying it right now as we speak. And I think, Rosie, you got a hot chocolate, didn't you?
1: I did. Todd totally kicked it out of the park today.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing. All right, we'll take a break. Be right back. Todd Mulliken, he's been on the show enough times. He should have his
1: own walk-up music, does he, Rosie?
0: He does not. We have to talk about we that, Todd. We can talk Todd. about
1: that. Maybe a Switchfoot song? They're a wonderful Christian band.
0: They are. You're going to have to tell me.
1: Oh, uh, I'll find an it, instrumental. It, it you, do you guys something? have that conversation off air? <laughs> are we taking <laughs> up air so <laughs> time right now? <laughs> I've got
0: a show I'm trying to run right now. <laughs> You're
1: not angry, are you? I'm not. I'm not feeling it.
0: But <laughs> well, he shared that very well. It was somewhat he interactive. A little, up, a, again, a little But <laughs> that's okay. I put up nice, I put up nice, rational boundaries. Take it outside, you guys. That's what I was saying. All right. Here's a great comment that just came in. Luke said, anger and anxiety can be so blinding. It's almost impossible apart from faith to see past it to the other side. Forgiveness doesn't always come with feeling either. Sometimes I feel better when I rationally remember how much I've been forgiven and then turn that toward people I'm wanting to be upset at. And usually it turns out I'm the one who's more at fault. Who is this person? Amazing. Amazing. Very smart listener. Wow. i have very smart listeners, Todd. Yes, yes.
1: That is amazing. That's Anger tough. and anxiety. Anxiety is the most common issue in the world. That's why the Lord said, "Be not afraid, do not fear." He knows we have anxiety, and Luke called it out perfectly. One of the four main symptoms of anxiety is irritability, mm-hmm. and so. And I also love what he talked about with the forgiveness path, like we talked about earlier. And he's right on. Forgiveness isn't always like come. It doesn't come with a feeling. Sometimes it's just a. It's a little bit of getting ahead of it and just trusting God with it. And then he went to the scripture verse, you know, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's wonderful.
0: Say more about irritability.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think it's really important for people to know whether it's just feeling anxious about finances or about the state of the world or the state of our family relationships or the state of our work. When we're running with anxiety irritability is is right there on the surface because we're feeling restless. So our body is just idling too fast to stop sign bill. And so that makes us vulnerable to go to what you and I have called the what if house, which I think you said one time has a lot of, it's a high rent district, right? A lot of rooms in that house. Mm-hmm. What ifing? what if, what if, what if. And mm-hmm. so it comes with a lot of fear. And then we're more vulnerable to have that irritability turn into unresolved anger and agitation. And then People usually control the environment so that nothing bad happens and they overprotect and they overmanage, and but then their body really gets tired and God hasn't made us that way. So for Luke to call out that irritability comes with anxiety, it's really smart. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's uh, talk about trigger points. And if you have them, isn't it wise to understand what your trigger points are and then try
1: to stay out of those places? Oh, whether it 's as severe as uh growing up in a traumatic environment, and so I have an alcoholic parent, and now i 'm with somebody that doesn't isn 't an alcoholic might might have a glass of wine occasionally at a meal, and i 'm triggered and become agitated because that was bad before, or I had a parent that shut down under stress and and kind of froze me out and Now my spouse is doing that too. So my body is in a, a trauma response, if that makes sense, Bill. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have that, whether it's as significant as that or it is just a trigger point of me feeling like uh, financially things aren't going to work out or me feeling like, um, you know, my grades aren't where they need to be. or So whenever we're doing that, you know, whenever the internal critic it's usually Satan. Sometimes it's our family of origin messages, but, you know, Satan's roaming around there and we don't want to give the inner critic the last word. We want to give the Jesus the last word. Amen. So the inner critic will get the last word a lot for you and I, and then then we're more vulnerable to have that anger kind of come out sideways. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question
0: here, Todd, any good practical strategies for dealing with family members in the moment when they get angry? how can family members broach this problem and maybe
1: diffuse it boy you know each case is different right yep. a lot of it depends on the relationship i have with that person you know is if the truth is i this is a, a, a you know a parent of mine or a, a, you know a close relative of mine i usually think the first step is after that incident you know, later that day, come alongside them or the next time we see them and just say, and do my phrase, let them in versus take it out on them. So let them in. Boy, when that happened this morning at uh, grandma's house, I was really overwhelmed and I felt I was really hurt by what you said and I'm concerned. What do you see or how do you see it? And they might get defensive. They might take it personally. They might act amazing But that's what I do first is I have the honest conversation and I get it on the table. And then that provides me a follow-up opportunity the Mm -hmm. next time that happens. Mm -hmm. But I'm first going to pull the person aside. In my experience, that's kind of, that's plan A and have a conversation, not avoid it, but have a conversation that isn't in front of everybody initially. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there are times when it might need to be in front of everybody if it's really a horrific situation.
0: Todd Mullican is my guest. We are talking about uh, anger and we want to deal with it uh, biblically and lovingly. And I don't know if there's a lovingly way to do it, but I think what you just described is loving. Right. Just to have an honest conversation. But talk about the danger, Todd, of stewing in it. Yeah. And um, just allowing it to become a bigger issue because you are
1: stewing in it. So for every scripture verse that talks about, you know, the... The harsh word stirs up anger will also have, you know, in your anger do not sin, you know, it will be from resentment building. So people that stew and avoid are really vulnerable for untreated resentment and bitterness and malice and all those, um, you know, if you will, the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. So if I'm stewing my anger and I'm building a case against and I'm not coming toward and releasing the anger and having an honest conversation or building forgiveness towards that person and letting go, if I'm stewing, then that's on me. Yeah. Right? And it's really easy to do. I mean, I think it's as easy to do um, as it is for people that just do fire-ready aim. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a, a certain type of personality style, Bill, that grew up where they're used to internalizing, they're used to avoiding. It wasn't worth it. So when they're alone in that, they have what we would call the avoidant attachment style, where they're avoiding engaging in a tough conversation, and in that avoidant place, they're more vulnerable to stew and sit in the anger. And as it says in you know Ephesians four twenty six, you know we don't want to let the sun go down on our anger and let the devil give a foothold. So we really got to watch that. So if I'm a stewer, I've really got to kind of learn how to get that out and do it in a way that's really interactive with the person I'm holding something against. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can't do that, Bill, so sometimes we need to be able to just release that to God and release that forgiveness out, but not to hold against, which doesn't mean we're not setting boundaries with that person. It just means we're not holding against. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the stewing, the unresolved anger can be really problematic. Todd, when I read Proverbs, I see all over the place about
0: how foolish it is to be angry. And who wants to be a fool? How about nobody, right? So when we get mad and we have anger, we lose our rational thought. And I guess wisdom also is n- not going to be around either. Yeah. Because is there almost a neurological hijacking where your ele- your blood pressure goes up and your
1: your pulse goes up and you just can't be rational, right? You can't. No, you're... you're- yeah. Your trauma mind, your hurt mind overrides the wise mind. Yeah. So like in Proverbs 29, 11, it says, you know, fools give full vent to their anger. Right. And, you know, that's that's the big one. And then, you know, in, in Proverbs, I think it's 1632, that is a powerful thing where, you know, if you are slow to anger, you are better than the mighty. <laughs> and whereas, and then if you can manage your temper, you're better than that person that takes. Take it the city, which Mm -hmm. means like that's a big deal. So I think it's a huge exercise we want to get into. and, And I'll honestly say it's a lot about proactive work. I mean, I have seen tons of people do a lot better when they have very quiet, regular, quiet times with God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I, And I'm an extrovert, so if I got 20 minutes alone with the Lord, that's about all I got because I got to go do something. So I'm, <laughs> I really have a hard time with that myself. Yeah. So I'm not trying to have all blazing extroverts light a candle and be alone with Jesus for three and a half hours, you know. Mm-hmm. But for those, so wh- however you do your quiet time with the Father, and the Lord understands, right? But when we do that, it, he really is helping us slow everything down. Mm-hmm. And that, like you talked about, then you got a better chance to integrate your best self in Jesus into that environment. Mm -hmm. And when I don't do that, then I'm more vulnerable. Todd Mulliken is my guest, and he's using his normal, calming voice
0: today, which is appreciative. Appreciate that, Todd. Welcome. A calming voice of yours. Thank you. Here's a question. How do you respond to a spouse who says, you're just too sensitive Mm -hmm. when you tell them that their angry outbursts are affecting you and your relationship?
1: You want to then stay in, stay engaged in it, not try to win the fight, but just say, you know, when you accuse me of that, that land's harsh and hurtful. I'm just trying to let you in about what I'm experiencing and where I'm at. And I love you and I'm for you, but I'm just letting you in where I'm at. And you stay in it. It's a really good answer. <laughs> it's a really good answer. I think it's hard to it have that kind of answer when somebody's angry at you, though. It is, because right, that's just, why if you don't, if, if we don't do what Bill is saying, like, I need to, like, and we're, honestly, we're learning, like, even in the big, big, big picture world of anxiety in general and stress, like, these practices of slowing down and slowing our body down and visualizing with the Holy Spirit how we want to be at four this afternoon. When we're going to have that tough conversation, and we get our workouts in with Jesus about that, not for five hours necessarily, but... I'm visualizing the Holy Spirit and he's comforting me about how I want to be do my part well cuz I get to, not because I have to and a better, but I get to. Then I got a little bit of a better shot to not be in my stress mode with their reaction. I'm not I'm not saying it's perfect and I'm not saying we're going to respond perfectly, but we get to do our best in Jesus and we get to stay in the hard conversation and know that God's still on the throne. Hmm.
0: We're going to take a break. When we come back, lots more with Todd Mulliken. You go to toddmullican.com and learn more about Todd and his uh, counseling and teaching. And if you have a question about anger as we talk about this difficult topic, you can send it over via text to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Be right back with Todd in just a minute. Todd's a counselor and a professor, regular guest on the show. I always like having Todd on. Great laugh. Todd, you have a great laugh. Thank you. Yeah, don't do it now because that would <laughs> that, that would be like I asked for it. See, now he's covering his mouth trying not to laugh.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, you're Bill, easy. You are a comedian. You're you know, easy, like, Todd, okay? Okay, okay?
0: Let's talk about how we get to anger. Uh, this is a, a, a an pain ladder I think I got from, I can't remember the author, but it starts with a hurt and hurt turns into pain. Uh, Because maybe the hurt wasn't ever addressed. And hurt turns into pain. Pain then turns into frustration. And if you're frustrated long enough, you're just going to be angry. So sometimes is anger frustration? You're just so full of frustration, you just get mad. You do. And we can backtrack that to the pain
1: and backtrack that to the (sighs) hurt. To the hurt. And there we go. Right. It starts with the hurt. Yeah. And that's why I talk about the hurt mindset. When I'm in a hurt mindset... Anger is my first cousin because the pain, you know, and people are hurt these days by what they're being told by other people about themselves. So I find myself speaking a lot about that. Mm -hmm. So me as a Christian, how am I doing not making an assumption about somebody that sees something different than I do? Uh, I want to ask them about it first because otherwise what I'm doing is I'm just you know, unintentionally I'm accusing them of something. So I don't know, I think one of the reasons people are angry these days even more than normal is they're being accused of things a lot. So we got that hurt and that hurt turns to pain because our body, God's created us in a way where, hey, when we get hurt, we're protecting ourselves and our amygdala starts acting up and like, hey, bad thing, you know, something bad just happened. And, you know, so we need to be able to protect ourselves. And, but in that protection and in that pain, if we don't kind of release that and try to process that. And Lord Jesus, what is true about this pain? What's going on here? Then it gets to that next stage in the ladder of frustration. And then usually the frustration isn't resolved. Mm -hmm. And then I have a a feeling sheet I give all my clients and frustration, distance, jealousy, anger. Those are all mad feelings. So I love that pain ladder. Mm -hmm. Uh, And ideally, that's maybe a good thing to be thinking about as people are listening today, hey, when I'm feeling that early sense of hurt, how am I addressing that hurt, either with the person that hurt me or going to Jesus with it or releasing hurt that's happened to me? How am I dealing with that hurt so it doesn't become, climb the ladder, if you will? Because once it's anger, then it doesn't just resolve itself right away. Mm -hmm. Is it a
0: fair question to say, I'm hearing you express anger right now, are you really frustrated about something as well?
1: That is. That's great. That's I mean, a great, lead out. Say, That's a great lead out. Because yeah.
0: maybe you can talk about frustration. Yeah. And then.
1: Yeah. Versus. Yeah. I always say have an interaction, not an interrogation. So I think even, you know, I feel frustrated that you're angry right now. So, you know, I, think I always tell people, don't tell the other person what they're feeling. Please. Mm, yeah, Never do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And we're all amazing at that. But if I said, why are you so angry? Right. That doesn't get you anywhere, does no. it? No. Now, this landed harsh for me, or this is hard for me, the way it landed. What, what was your take on what happened? So mm-hmm. we're, we're just trying to stay in the game and have a volley because God's on the throne. Mm-hmm. And God's got this, and let's stay in there. Let's mm-hmm. just know that we're enough. And Jesus, to go, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here's a question from a uh, listener. What about
0: when it continues after you, you've forgiven over and over and talked with your spouse over and over? What did you do?
1: Oh, I, well, I, I hate, I'm trying not to be Mr. Answer person, like, hey, just do this and you're all That'd set. That'd be helpful. Yeah. So, Good for my show. Right? My, my ratings go up when exactly. you have answers. Right. So I, I think as this is laying out perfectly, a lot of times when we forgive, it doesn't change the narrative. So what I get to do is is set a boundary, let the person in, then I go get some help to learn some strategies, which is what I'm teaching on today. And then I continue to have the hard conversation and... You know, and from there, sometimes we go further. You know, we have like I am really struggling with where our relationship is at, and I'm really scared about where it's going. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not a threat to create some type of separation, but it's a it's an honest feeling about what's going on. So, I think what the person's saying is so right on because uh, those conversations are hard. They are hard, but we get to continue in them, and then we get to get help and support for what to do next. Mm-hmm. Todd, I'm still a little stuck on this question about how do you respond to a spouse
0: who says you're just too sensitive? Hmm. So the spouse is being probably angry, right? Yeah, and and then they're kind of blaming you, <laughs> but it's like my anger is justified. Right. You're the one who's too sensitive. Yeah. That, that seems like abusive in a way. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, little it's, bit. it's a classic kind of defensive, you know, so hurt people hurt people. So it, I, I think in that moment, what happened right there is both people were hurt. The person who was sharing what they shared needed to share that and they've been hurt for a while. And then the person who received it was hurt too. And so they just fired back and that was really inappropriate. And that's why I always say, hey, if I'm on the receiving end of something from my spouse, I want to try to understand what they're saying. I don't want to defend myself and and bully, you know. So that was a bully response, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think that happens a lot, either internally or externally. And so how do we do as Christ followers when we're listening to listen just to understand? So, yes, I agree. What happened back was very inappropriate and hurtful. Mm-hmm. Todd, how many
0: uh, counseling sessions do you have where relationships come in because they've been damaged or they've been left in the aftermath of some kind of anger? A lot. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the majority of them. You know, the majority of people that come in, Bill, are saying we're having communication problems and we need help with that unless it's a, you know, some type of a deal, you know, like an affair or an addiction issue. It's usually a communication problem. And so, but that's usually code for anger that's been sitting there for a while mm-hmm. and that resentment that's built up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you don't fix that overnight, but you also, in my opinion, in therapy, if all you do for 55 minutes every week for 10 years is focus on the last fight and all that went wrong and how to do it better next time only. Then you never get to the light, and you, know, you never get to the good things, the true things that are beautiful and good, so I think both need to be happening right. We need to release from the anger and the hurt by trying to do conversations better and if there 's deep hurt from way back from you know five years ago or ten years ago or twenty years ago, we need to have some recovery work about that, and I do that with couples where now, let's go back and try to recover from this. And what are you? You know, how are you mutually releasing this? Not in a fifty-minute session, but over time. And then, please do what Paul says from prison in Philippians. You know, please also think about what also is good and noble and excellent and of praise. don't make it up, but if those are good things going on in your story, too, watch the highlight films, too. Yeah, right. And then make sure you play in that sandbox, too, while you're working on this. Because what usually doesn't work, Bill, is the couple, you know, fights long enough and then they're better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they have to learn how to fight more fair and own their side of the street and have more mercy and release anger and increase forgiveness and they need to be able to be soft and gentle. And mm-hmm. Philippians four verse five: Let your gentleness be evident to all. Yeah. So I think both rhythms matter yeah. for couples, in my experience, at least.
0: Todd, when you say have to be able to fight fair, can you fight fair without anger? Well, I would. I would think, yeah, yeah, I think.
1: I, yeah. I mean, because I, I think. I think, you know, I'm naturally, by the time we're having a fight, both people are hurt and both people have anger, right? But we have to know going into the fight, I'm going to, I got to fight fair. I mean, that's my responsibility as a Christ follower. You know, I've got to do, you know, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. So I got to, I got to make sure I'm cleaning that up. Okay. I got to model that for myself, for my spouse, for my kids, or, you know, for my friend, whoever I'm in battle with, I got to, you know. I got to be modeling that, not Mm -hmm. about being perfect, but so I got to fight fear. And again, I need to know if I'm a fighter, I got to fight fear by not telling the other person how they feel, but by letting them into what I'm going through and what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. If I'm a stewer, (laughs) I do need to stop stewing and I need to come out to play Right, And I need to at least share what I'm going through right now too. And when both people let each other in and they try to get after it a little bit, then they're changing a generational pattern and it goes a little bit better for a little bit and then they step back a little bit and get back in the mud. And I say, don't be defined by the one bad, be defined by the last two that went better than the previous 400. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and that's usually what transformation looks like. It's mm-hmm. over time, not overnight. So if you do go into a, a, a conversation angry,
0: you should probably know, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Todd, uh, that if you go in angry, you are probably going to be robbing that interaction of any kind of unity. Mm, right? It's a good word. I mean, because you're not really going with unity when you go in angry. Wait, what's my intention, right? James? Exactly.
1: James 4, hey, what's the quarrels amongst you, brothers and sisters? Right. Well, it's kind of your motive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. What is my motive going in? Is my motive like, hey, I'm amazing and and my spouse is a is an idiot right here? I'm, okay, you know, clean that up, right? How am I, hey, it doesn't mean I'm deferring or acquiescing. It means I'm powerful in Jesus. And how am I modeling what a good, healthy fight looks like? And anger's got to be in the back seat, not in the front seat. Right. I like, I like that, yeah. Because if
0: you are mad, the person who is going to be suffering, largely is going to be the other person and yourself. Yeah. You're going to be suffering as well if you're angry because it's it's, it's uh, it hurts you.
1: It does, and you that's know? why the best movement really that I've found that helps is like, uh, you know, when we come back after the fight, right, when, when we've realized my anger was inappropriate, when you come back mutually and at least one and a half of you <laughs> are having a confessional, confident humility together, and now we have more of a secure, attached moment where we're for each other and realize, hey, for these words, that is on me. Hey, for more, my unresolved anger for the last five weeks or five years, you know, that's on me. And boy, I got, I got to tell you, when both people do that, I'm out of business. I mean, when both people own their part after the fight at some point mm-hmm. and come back with mercy, I mean, that's just transformative as I'll get out. You know, and that's, that, because like, you know, as Rosie said earlier, like in the moment when we're having that, it's hard in that moment, right? When we're in that mode. And so we can get better at that for sure, right? Mm -hmm. We want want to be, we want to do better at that in Jesus and we want to be for an interaction, not an interrogation. But even if we have slippage, how are we doing together as a couple coming back and revisiting that and owning our part? Mm -hmm. So be nice to each other. Hashtag
0: put Todd out of business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Be fine with me. Ah, ah. Exactly. You know, and the home is like, oh, when those moments happen, it's like, oh, wow. And that's a highlight film reel. Like even Mm -hmm. if the couple does better in the conflict and the anger is more in the backseat versus the front, like, boy, that feels right. It feels just, you know, it's the fruits of the spirit are cashing those in. Mm -hmm.
0: One more quick uh, question before we head to a break here, Todd. I just ordered your book the state of affairs will that help my wife and i we just don't really listen to each other and the kids see it we love one another but
1: can't get along well the the affairs book is on affairs mm-hmm. but the second half of the book does talk about how to heal and how to communicate better you've read it
0: <laughs> <That's>...
1: <laughs> oh he's good isn't he <laughs> Uh, that latte have a kick in it? It or? did have yeah, a kick oh, in it, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah, an yeah, extra shot that, yeah. put in there. Yeah, it. No, I love that posture that he's doing. I love the fact that he's calling out like, hey, we're not listen, you know, because kids aren't going to listen Very, to us, but you're eventually going to imitate us. So I love that he's wanting to model that better in front of the kids. Mm-hmm.
0: Difficult topic that we're talking about today with Todd Mulliken, but his anger, and we're trying to find the, the biblical um, way of pursuing it so we understand what it is and what we're doing and how it is destructive if you have a question or comment let me know what it is you can send the text to 877-933-2484 and uh, several really great texts that have come in thank you for those and be right back Today with me, uh, Todd Mullican, is my guest. and go to toddmullican.com and learn more about Todd and his um, teaching and counseling. So we're talking about anger today. If you just joined us, it's been a very lively conversation. And Todd, let's talk about the path uh, of confession and how that will uh, make such a difference when anger is involved.
1: Yeah, before the break, I mentioned when we come back after a conflict with each other, if we're coming back with a confessional spirit versus I need to be right spirit or a scorekeeping spirit, Mm -hmm. we've got a much better chance for humility and much more better chance to bear fruit. Right? So in a perfect world, we're backing that up and knowing after the, after I did anger poorly, uh, I'm confessing to God. And because first, John one nine says, you know, when we confess our sin to God, He is righteous, you know, to forgive us from that. And then I'm coming towards my spouse with that same type of posture. One of the things I get concerned about for us believers is we confess it to, to God and we feel better, but then we go back in and we don't share that same confessional spirit with our spouse who's hurt us. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So how do I integrate my faith and what just happened in my confessional spirit as I just offered it up to the Lord and really confessed my part and really meant it and was really integrous in that prayer? How do I then take that confidence and contentment and knowing that I'm forgiven and bring that confident humility towards my spouse? Because I get to doesn't mean I'm weak, doesn't mean I'm codependent, doesn't mean I'm deferring, doesn't mean I'm enabling, doesn't mean I'm coddling, I'm just owning my peace. And so that confessional spirit is the only thing I've seen couples do, you know, when they do it, like I mentioned earlier, when they have that confessional spirit, or it's a family situation, it's not a couple situation, it's a family situation, or with a friend situation, it's unresolved. Instead of joining the estrangement club for 10 years, how am I Least owning my side of the street and coming towards that person with a confessional spirit. But in my experience, to do that well, I need to have my own quiet time first and really just listen to the Lord and feel like, that's right, Lord, you're, you know, God, you're God, and I'm not. And I'm so sorry. And I think this is where this comes from for me. What do you think? Thanks for showing that to me in worship last week. Yeah, my next step is this. You know, what I mean, we're having that ongoing dialogue with the Lord about a confessional spirit. So it helps us feel powerful. And that same feeling sheet that I, I give out to clients under powerful are things like aware. You know, God's just making us aware of that area that's squishy and that's, I'm vulnerable because I've got unresolved anger there. And I'm confessing that to God. And through that confession, hopefully that helps me feel a little bit more powerful to come towards my spouse with a confident kind of humility and own my part. Mm-hmm. Todd, is anger a controlling emotion?
0: Because yeah. if I'm angry, I can sort of feel like I'm in control, because the opposite would be being vulnerable. And if that's hard to do, I could go the other direction and just be mad. And then all of a sudden, nah, everyone's a little afraid of me and blah, blah, blah. Oof, right? It's a good call out.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, again, sorry to go to both sides, but I think it's important to talk about both sides. I think the other side is, I will control of my silence. Mm, right? Yeah, I will control and avoid and ice you out and give you the silent treatment, and I feel in control now. And I think both moves create pain in homes, you know. And uh, using your pain ladder, that pain then leads to frustration, leads to anger. So, but the good news is, is accountability and working on our side of the street. And now what I get to do is, you know, manage my part better, and that's what I get to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So...
0: If you have a question or comment, we still have time for another one or two. You can text it over to 877-933-2484. It does sound, Todd, like some of the listeners have chimed in and they're kind of at wit's end, it seems, a little bit. Like, I don't know how this is going to get better. And that's kind of scary. I'm wanting to try. I'm willing to step in. But emotions seem to run high and histories are long. And Mm. uh, how do we say, how can I suspend some of the, some of the history that we have Mm. and just say, I just want to love you right now in this moment. Let's build a bridge to forgiveness and let's just not live in this anger.
1: Yeah. And I, and, and that's, that's, that posture, Bill, is much more healthy than, you know, I've been called to tell you that you have all these issues, right? So when your posture is, this is what I'm for, and I want to do my part well, that gives us the best chance to volley it over. Now, the person may not be receptive, but uh, it gives the best chance for that situation to be receptive. And I'm just going to speak into this, too. Like, what I've noticed over, over, over many, many years of doing this is, like, the kids in that home... When even if just one person is doing their part well and being integrous about it and doing it well, they they are drawn to that. <laughs> they are drawn to that confidence. They are drawn to that wise mind, and they they want a piece of that. You know, they are that's modeling well for the children as well. Mm-hmm. So there's real goodness in that. But to to your point, I think it's just really really important to call out like this stuff does not change over time. Uh, it changes over a long period of time. Now, once in a while, you see a transformational move that's really quick, that's amazing and, like, miraculous, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not here to say it never can change in a moment. I'm just saying usually it happens over a period of time. Uh, But I'm for doing my part well because the alternative is worse. Really, Philip Yancey said it so well in a book he wrote a long time ago. He's a great Christian thought leader that said, "Uh, the only thing harder than forgiveness is the alternative, because the alternative would be malice and bitterness and then then I lose. And so forgiveness isn't a free pass. It, you know, it's me releasing the person, but it's me also stepping into those hard situations and doing my part well. Mm. And that that matters. That matters to me and if I'm confident in that and and so that's why what I try to tell people is be controlled by your intentions, not the other person's reactions. Be control that you're making just movements for the kingdom, and that matters. And that leads to, the honest conversations eventually lead to something. (laughs) So the avoidance, the older I get, the more I stew and avoid, that will not lead to much. It just won't. But people have this thought in their head, well, I'd like to say this,
0: but this is most likely going to be the response. So I think your point's really well taken, that you have to stand in your truth, right? You do. And then not be too concerned about The response is going to be.
1: And most people, Bill, like I would say, uh, that's probably the most common phrase I'm saying these days is because most people are defined by how it goes in the moment or the other person's reaction, right? They're almost codependent on the other person's reaction versus their integrity and their intention, right? And so when I'm defined by my intention, I could still be frustrated with what, what, what my spouse did. So Laura and I get in a fight. And she doesn't like the way I handled it or I don't like the way she handled it. But then we're going to plan B where we come back and own our part. But if I'm consistently on my side of the street or her on her side of the street doing their part as best as we can in Jesus and doing it well, that really matters. So I want to give your, the, the people encouragement, your listeners encouragement, even the ones that are really in tough spaces, to just know that they're held in that by God and they're comforted in that by God. And God knows their heart, And the Holy Spirit is advocating for them and saying, Abba, Father, right? And that matters. So their integrity matters generationally. And even in the hard spaces, it matters. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that matters more than my spouse's response. Even though, yeah, I would love it if they would really get it in that moment perfectly. But the other thing I would say is I think it's easier to say something hard than it is to hear something hard (laughs) about myself, right? I think every one of us, it's gonna be a little bit easier to say something difficult or at least think something difficult than to receive something difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I think nobody is... That's why some of the books, I think, can be misleading. Like, hey, if you just say it this way, then what your spouse does is they have this amazing moment, and, you know, you sing the Hallelujah Chorus, and you're all good, right? Well... Does it ever work that way? Right, no, because <laughs> hurt, you know what? I always tell couples, hey, just so you know, in that moment when you're bringing it up, you're both hurt in that moment. mm It's nobody's... You know, I'm not saying it's your fault. Like, let's say you're just doing your part well, but you've been hurt by what's happened. Well, when you share that with your spouse, they might get hurt, but it's not your intention. And you're you're defined by your intention. Your intention wasn't to hurt, but they've got damage from their upbringing, and they they take your your disagreement as an attack. Well, they got to figure that stuff out. And I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do my part well and live in that in Jesus, and then get help for support.
0: Yeah, Todd, we're a little bit out of time, but there's always a great takeaway, and there's always a good reminder, and You've said this many many times on the show and it's worth repeating. Uh speak without being offensive and listen without being defensive. Oh, that's yeah, gold. That yeah. really is gold. Yeah, thank you. I mean Good. if you if you start that as the platform and say I plan to speak lovingly without being offensive and I pray that you can listen without being defensive and vice versa.
1: Yes. And I mean, how do you how do you go wrong there, right? And you got that James one nineteen thing going, right? I'm quick to listen, mm-hmm. I'm slow to wrath, mm-hmm. right? And uh, those are two good movements for us. Nice, Todd. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. It's been a delight as always, and thanks for the
0: latte. It was a good one. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, Todd Mulliken has been my guest. Go to toddmulliken to learn more about Todd. He has a counseling practice right in Edina, Minnesota. That's the time we have for today. What a great day. I've just loved it. Love being with you and look forward to our time again tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with me. You're my friend and you you act that way and it's just a delight. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support.